This morning I mentioned we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We're going to have a focus and an emphasis on our Bible studies here this morning. And, uh, and we're going to have a number of different avenues that we're going to kind of talk about what we're trusting the Lord for to do here in Life Fellowship with our Bible studies. And so to get that started off, I'm going to ask Pastor Kenny Morgan to come on up here and, and give us a little bit of his heart, his vision for us as a, as a fellowship in terms of our Bible studies. But I can't do that without first making a very special announcement here this morning. He's going to be mad at me, okay? So if you guys didn't realize it, Friday was Kenny's birthday. And, uh, and he turned 35 on Friday, right? 25. 25. 25 on Friday. I mean, he just keeps getting better with time, man. I mean, look at this guy. Like Lori says it, it it's, it's amazing. But um, you know what? As a guy who has the privilege of, of being able to serve with, with Kenny in ministry, um, you know, you get to see a little bit behind the curtains and you know that what he does here on Sundays in terms of preaching the word is just, that's just the surface of everything that he does for us and the investment he makes into us. And so um, I can say, man, he's a, he's pastor, he's friend, he's father, he's brother, he, he's so many things to me and to so many other guys. And so Man, we're, we're so happy that God kept you on earth for another year. Uh, hopefully it's many, many more, said the Lord Terry. Um, we, we did get you this as a, as a class. And, uh, and Lori let us know that, that you've got a, a sweet spot for lemon cake. So um, we haven't put these out. Uh, Rachel's going to be putting this out for us here this morning out in the lobby. We've got a special lemon cake and strawberry lemon Fruit, fruit cupcakes. It's very summertime feely, okay? And so, I oh, Tony's got it. Thank you, Tony. Um, this is for Kenny's birthday. Now listen, I know Kenny, as much as he wants to dive into this, he doesn't want to take all of these home here this morning, and so he wants to invite you <laughs> to participate with him in having these delicious snacks here this morning, okay? And so while we're going this morning, we'll, we'll make sure to come around and you guys can get some of those. But can we all sing Kenny happy birthday here this morning before we get started? All right. Now, Jared, do you want to lead us? No. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's uh, a bit much. Had I known all that, I would have stayed seated until you were done. I am embarrassed. Thank you for the kind words. Thank you for the gift. Thank you for the treats. I do like lemon cake, exhibit A. Uh, so thank you. Um, God is so good, right? God is good. So uh, Jason asked for me to just take a few minutes to, to just really talk about the heart of our small group Bible studies and, and, and just what that looks like. So I, as I thought about how to best communicate this, I, you know, God is, gives us a lot of experiences over life. And, and so let me tell you about a guy named Floyd Jacobs. Okay. Floyd Jacobs. I was an eighth grader. So I went to high school in Atlanta and high school there in our school district was eighth grade through 12th. And Floyd was the starting point guard on the varsity basketball team, and he was very good, very, very good. 
he was an exceptional ball handler, and I played point guard, and so I was always studying Floyd. We would have joint practices sometimes, and I was just in awe of Floyd. Like, man, look at this dude. And we got, some of us got to travel with varsity, and so I was even up close and personal with Floyd, and he even became bigger. So it was a tournament, big tournament. And we were playing one of the best schools in the Atlanta public school system. They have some ballers. I mean, some flat out, I mean, NBA type, tell those guys, one of these guys on the team that we played against, he went to the NBA, I mean, legit. And we're, we're running with this team. And I'm on the bench and I'm just, I'm in the huddle, I'm in the locker room, I'm, I mean, I'm, and I'm like, man, we're going toe to toe with these guys. And Floyd, he was doing his thing. I mean, he was balling, y'all. And then it came down to the end, we lost the game and, and we're in the locker room and we're all in there and it's, you could hear a pin drop. It's quiet. Coach hadn't come in yet, pin drop. And as right when the coach walked in, right before he walked in, I heard this. <laughs> and I looked and I'm like, that's Floyd. He's crying. Like Floyd Jacobs cries. I never knew. <laughs> and you know what? In that moment, if, if, if you've ever played sports, you know there are, there's no place like the locker room. It's special. It's private. It's intimate. And I don't mean that in some twisted way. But in that moment, it was perfectly okay. Nobody looked at Floyd like, man, you're soft, you're weak. Men don't cry, boys don't cry. No, man, that guy had gutted it out. He had given his best. He had, he had laid it all out there, man. He left nothing on the table. He gave it 120%. And it was completely acceptable for him in that moment to be raw and transparent and real. You know, up until that moment, Floyd was... He was bigger than life to me. He wasn't even human. He was a guy who had it all together. He, he wasn't weak or anything like that. And you go, okay, please tell me what any of that has to do with small groups. You know what happens in a setting like this? You can start looking around and you start looking at people and you think, oh man, they have it together and they have it together and they have it together. And man, all these people I'm looking at, man, they're serving in this ministry and they're doing this and they teach this and man, they're just, they got it all together. Man, none of these people are trying to, you know, they don't have any blanks that aren't filled in. Their marriages are perfect. Their finances are perfect. Their kids are perfect. Their walk with the Lord is perfect. Is that true? <laughs> That's not true. You know, one of the things that, let me tell you, one of the finest moments that I've ever had with a group of people I had in Southland. That's our Bible study out, out south, there you go. And we, 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 we read a marriage book together. You guys saw the panel we did on that. And I'm gonna tell you, one of the finest moments I've ever had with a small group of believers was one of the exercises had us jot down five things that we appreciate or treasure about our spouse. And to go, we just went around the room and each spouse took time to articulate those five things. 
And as that was happening, I made a point to observe the spouse that was being talked about. And you could just see the life. You could see their energy. You could see, it was amazing. It, it was one of the most, it was an exceptional moment. I thought, man, Lord, this is awesome. It's awesome to be here. It was like a locker room moment. We did a, I don't know, probably was it three, four months, something like that, maybe longer about marriage, and we talked. And, and there, was some, there was some confession. There, there was some admitting to, hey, you know what? I'm, I need to work on this. I need to work on that. I know for me, I'll just tell you, one of the, one of the biggest things that it really hit me like a Mack truck was one of the questions that we had to work through was, when do you pray with your spouse every day? And I'm like, well, I don't do that. So, <laughs> hmm, let <laughs> me talk about that, right? I mean, it, it, so at the end of the day, let me just wrap it this way. Uh, man, praise God for Midtown. We do a really good job teaching the Bible. We do a really good job at that. We teach the whole word of God, Sunday mornings, main service, Sunday fellowships, foundations, LFBI, I mean, you get the book here, praise God. But one of the things I've noticed is we really struggle with getting in a setting where we actually talk biblical truth and principles in terms of living those things out day to day. Like some of us, man, we are really good at, oh man, let's Let's, let's reconcile Daniel and Revelation, and, and man, you hear what Sam's talking about in Genesis? What do you think happened with Eve and the devil? What do you, is that? What, eh? Okay, well, but what I've noticed is if, if we're not careful, and I'm telling you, I've seen churches like that die over time, because what we do is, is we just step away from, well, I don't want to deal with reality. I really don't want to get real about who I am and where I am and get practical and accountable. So I'm just going to hide behind, well, I think Eve and Satan got jiggy. What do you think? Well, okay. I think that at the end of the day, that's really not going to enhance my relationship with God. It's not going to help me love my wife like Christ loved the church. So. Whatever you think, whatever, cool. And so uh, it's been a hard year, everybody. Been a hard year. And I tell you what, man, to, to be able to have brothers and sisters that aren't just faces that you see on a Sunday morning and that you make assumptions about where, hey, man, you can get into a group and walk with these people where you're encouraging them, they're encouraging you, I'm all in. So that's, what's, that's the heart of life Bible studies from my perspective. So thank you again for the kind gifts. So. All right, so that, that, that really does a, an awesome job really segueing us into some of what we want to cover here this morning, okay? And so... I, I want to kind of propose a question to everybody here this morning, and this isn't a, a rhetorical type question. It's something that I actually want you to, to think about. So whether you're currently leading a small group Bible study, whether you're part of one, maybe you've considered being part of one, or you've been part of one in the past, 
And that is, right, why do we, why do we have small group Bible studies, right? Why, why take the time, right? We're, we're, we're busier than we've ever been in, in, in history, right? There's just so many things, so many opportunities to fill up our time, right? We're already here on Sunday mornings. We're here on Tuesday nights. Um, if, if you're involved in ministry, you know that, that it goes far beyond just those two days. Um, you know, if you're involved in, in discipleship or LFBI, that's just more and more time. So, so why do we take the time? Why do we put such emphasis on, on our small groups? Now, if, if, if we were to do a poll in class and, and everybody were honest, I think there'd probably be about three things at the top of that list, okay? I think for some people, our small groups are just a time of fellowship, right? They're an opportunity to get together with other believers and to be able to connect together on, on like what Kenny was saying, just on a more personal level, right? To be able to share, man, this is what's going on in my life. These are things that I'm doing well. These are things that I'm not doing so well. And, and all of that is fantastic, right? That, that is biblically modeled for us, right? When, when God says, hey, don't forsake the assembling together of ourselves, right? We read in the book of Acts, and it said that, you know what, they, they gathered together daily, and they broke bread together daily, right? We see that modeled for us in Scripture. So, so no problem with that, right? But for some, I think that the idea of Bible studies, it kind of stops right there. It's just a time for me to get together with other believers in fellowship. I think for others, right, Bible study can be more of just a, an academic exercise, Right? It's an opportunity for me to get together with other believers, and, and you know what? Somebody there is going to be teaching the Bible, and I want to sit and learn, and I want to be able to soak that up. Right? And, and again, that's, that's a good thing, right? to be able to learn the scriptures for yourselves. Right? We are to study to show ourselves approved. Um, no, no problem with that. Right? But, if, but for some, I think that the intent, right, the, the motive behind it is just that. And as, as Pastor Kenny says, we, we have lots of opportunities to do that here in this church. You know, I think, I think for others, uh, maybe we're just part of a small group Bible study because that's, that's what believers do, right? That, that's what Baptist churches do, right? We have Bible studies, right? We get together. We always like to serve some kind of food. And, and that's just what being in a church is, right? You, you, you go to Bible studies, right? And maybe you don't really even know why you do it other than just, man, I, other people in the class are doing it. So that, that's why I've been doing it. And I've been doing it for 15, 20 years of my life. Right? I've been part of some kind of Bible study, right? But I think most of us probably fall in a spectrum somewhere along those lines, right? Maybe it's a combination of those. Um, maybe it's one of those. Maybe it's something related to one of those things. But what I want to maybe propose to us here this morning is an opportunity to, to think of it and view it maybe beyond those terms, okay? And, um, and to do that, I, I, I don't wanna come off to you this morning like I'm giving you some new revelation. We're gonna be, we need to be more pragmatic as a church and that, that's not what I'm getting at. In fact, what I wanna be able to do is just point you to the fact that, that scripturally, right, we have a basis to look at and view our Bible studies beyond just those three things, okay? Um, what I want to propose to you here this morning is the idea of us meeting together to engage one another and to engage the loss with an open Bible, right? Now, if you're sitting here and you're saying, well, 
yeah, that's, that, that's what we've been talking about, right? That's what we're already doing, okay? Hang with me, and I'm, and I'm going to try to kind of explain where we're going with this and maybe what the difference is of what I'm talking about. Now, if you've got your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts, chapter 8. The book of Acts, chapter 8, we, we have this story. Uh, most of you guys are going to be familiar with this. This is Philip and the eunuch. Right? And what you have is you've got this, this man from Ethiopia, this eunuch, and, and he's riding along in a chariot, and he's reading God's word for himself. Right? Now, he doesn't understand what he's reading. He's confused about what he's reading, and, and so he's in need of help, and, and God kind of supernaturally intends that, and he brings Philip along, and, and Philip overhears this man. And God joins Philip with the eunuch, and, and Philip comes to this man, and he, you know, he says to him, hey, I, I hear you reading. Do you understand what you read? Right? Do, do you get it? And, and the eunuch's response is, man, now, I'd love to understand what I'm reading, right? but, but how can I unless some man should help? Right? He, this man hasn't been trained up in the word. He, he's not saved at this point. So he doesn't understand what he's reading. He's not been discipled. He's confused about what he's reading, and yet... At the same time, what we see here is that he's got a spiritual appetite, right? He's got an interest in knowing that, you know what, there's truth out there that I don't know, that I don't have, that I'd love to know and I'd love to understand, okay? So as we read the story, I'm going to start in verse 30. It says, and Philip ran thither to him, and, and he heard him, and he read the prophet Isaiah, right? That's, that's Old Testament for Isaiah, that's the Greek word for Isaiah. And he said, understandest thou what thou readest? And again, the, the eunuch says, and how can I except some man should guide me? Right? Some man should guide me. And he desired Philip that he would come with him and he'd sit with him. And, and you go on down to verse 35. It says, Philip opened his mouth and he began at the same scripture and he preached unto him Jesus. Right? And as they went on their way, they came into certain water. The eunuch said, see, here uh, is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And we know the rest of the story, right? This, this man... Uh, Philip tells him, hey, you know what, in order to get baptized, you first got to get saved. So he, he confesses with his mouth what he already believes in his heart. He gets saved, and then they go down and they baptize his man. But there's a few things that I want you to notice about this story. Again, number one, you've got here a, a, a man that while he doesn't understand what he's reading, he doesn't know what, what's going on, right? He does have an appetite for spiritual things. Right? And, and as a fellowship, and we need to be praying for those kind of connections. Right? There are people in the world today that they don't know what you and I know, but they do have an appetite for truth. Right? They would love to have truth. They would love to know, okay, why am I here? Why do I exist? What is the bigger purpose in life? Right? Why do I struggle with the things that I struggle with in marriage? Why do I struggle with these things in life? You know, how, how do you get past these? How do you be a good parent? How do you be a good father? How, how do I be a good husband? How do I be a good wife? Right? Like, I, I've got all these struggles and all these problems in life, and I don't know what to do with them. And I would love for somebody to be able to share with me some kind of truth that's real, right? that could really help me. There are more and more people than we than we, I'm convinced, than we even know that are out there that, that have an appetite for truth, right? That would love to hear the truth. They don't know what you and I know. They don't know the word of God for themselves, but they've got an appetite for it. And we need to be praying that God would supernaturally intend and that he would help us to make those connections, right? Now, the other thing that I want you to see here is that 
what, what this eunuch was asking for was not someone to come and, and necessarily just lord over him and teach him, right? Okay, you, you sit down here. Let me explain to you everything that you don't know, right? He's looking for a guide, right? It says here, how, how can I except some man should guide me? You know, I, I need someone to help point me to the truth, right? Versus someone just standing over me and teaching me, like, I want to discover this truth for myself, and I just need a guide. I need someone to help kind of, you know, point me in the right direction. Where am I going? What am I looking for? And that's, and that's exactly what Philip does, right? He engages this man. This is not a one-way conversation, Right? You've got one person who's already seeking truth, and you have another person who just comes alongside, and they're going to help facilitate. They're going to help guide him and point him in the right direction and show him, hey, you know what? Even back here in the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah, this was already talking about, this was already pointing to Christ. And let me just help point you to the right passages. Now, let me kind of explain maybe what the difference is here. I, I can tell you this from personal experience. So I've had a, a few different Bible studies at my work over the years, and, and it just always so happens that I, I get a lot of Catholic participants who, who join those, um, which, again, I think is just is a point to the fact that, you know what, people, in the absence of truth, they want truth, right? They love to get together and discover something new. But what has always happened in those studies is, is so I get in there, I, I, because I've, I've been grown up, you know, uh, since I've gotten saved, I've been growing up in the church, and I've been discipled, and I've learned a few things. Well, it's easy for me to just to take over and start teaching, right? And at first, they love that, because it's like, well, I don't know that. This guy seems to know things that I don't know, and so, man, I, I just want to hear what this guy has to say. And so, I'm in a passage of the Bible, and I'm, hey, did you see this? And, oh my gosh, check this out, and look at this, and this is, ties back to here. And it's all good. At first, it's all good, and they're just soaking it up, and they're loving it. But the problem comes... When I say something or I present a truth that they've heard or seen or taught differently before, right? Well, wait a minute. My, my, my priest said this, and you're just a guy I work with, right? Like, that, that, that the priest over there, his whole life, like he, he doesn't have a family. He doesn't have another job. He, he's been part of the Catholic Church for 25 years, and I mean— you have a full-time job, you've got a family, yeah, it's good that you're involved in your church, it's good that you read your Bible, but, but like, frankly speaking, the resume here doesn't stack up, right? And so you've said something that doesn't jive with him, and so now I can't really take you at face value for what you're saying, and inevitably those things tend to crumble, right? And some of the things that, that God has shown me from that is that while teaching can be a good thing, and there's opportunities and there's places for that, Right? What, I've, what I've failed to do in those circumstances is to, to guide people to the truth for themselves, right? So that they could discover the truth for themselves. Rather than, okay, hey, this is what this says, right? Maybe if I sought to engage them, hey, I want you to be an active participant with this. Me, This isn't just me standing up in front of you and teaching you. No, I, I want you to read that. Now, okay, you read that here. Now, now let's go over here. Let's read this. Okay, what is... What do you think God's saying there? What, what do you think that means? When, when God's talking about this here, why, why do you think he did it? Why do you think he did it that way? What, what, what do you think is happening here in this passage? And all of a sudden, they're reading it, and they're like, well, oh my goodness. Well, that says this. Do, do you think God, 
I've, I've never heard it that way. Like, do, do you think God really, and it's like, yeah, I do think that. I think God said what he said, and he meant what he said, and, and, and what you're reading is exactly what, what God says here. And then all of a sudden, it's them discovering the truth for themselves, and I'm there just to merely help facilitate and guide and participate in that conversation with them. Right? Do you, do you see the difference there between, okay, I'm going to try to take over and I'm going to try to be the authority because I'm the teacher here versus, no, no, I want to engage with you. I want to read this together. And my heart is for you to discover the truth for yourself because you can. God didn't make it where there was just a few select men that would get truth from his word. Like, no, no, no. If you are seeking the truth, God's going to give it to you. And, and, I, and I'm here to, to merely participate that with you. Man, what you see, that's good for me. What I see, that's good for you. And we're engaging in this together. Right? And I think for us as a fellowship, I think what our, what our goals should be, right, it is not for our Bible studies merely to be a, a fellowship exercise. Those are good things. There's a place for that. That can still happen. I don't think we want to simply pursue an academic exercise, right, where we're, again, you've got a teacher and students. Um, even for those within the body of Christ, like, that doesn't do everybody else. It, so it may be good for me. It may be good for me to stand up and, and have a group of people, eight, ten people that I can teach on a Wednesday or Thursday night. But that doesn't help you guys. I mean, it does in a sense, but maybe you learned something you didn't know, but how is that helping you to grow and, and, and the ability for you to go to the scriptures and your confidence to be able to go to the scriptures and see what God says for yourself? Right? How, how does that help anyone else in, in, in my group get to the point where, hey, maybe one day God would have you, person A, or you, person B, to start a, a Bible study for yourself? Well, to do that, you've got to have the confidence to be able to go to the scripture yourself and see what God is saying and make insights and contribute to the group, right? And so if it's just me standing up and lording over people and teaching people, well, I, I'm not really giving opportunity for that, right? And certainly with the lost, right, how am I ever going to convince a lost person that, you know what, I'm not the authority, your priest isn't your authority, your parents weren't your authority, this is the only authority that we have, and you can read it, and it's not as complicated as anybody's ever made it out for you to be, right? You can read it, and you can discover truth for yourself, and we can engage in that together, right? And so with the rest of this morning, what we're going to do, um, John is going to not only present to us some of our existing Bible studies and, and maybe some of the focus we've got there, um, I've asked for John to, to really help, help us with help us with this because of everybody in life that, that I've got to watch do this, I think Jonathan Kindler has got uh, an amazing ability. He's very gifted at being able to get with a group of people and facilitate conversation where he involves everybody in the group. And it's, I've never once felt like I've gotten together with John and John's just standing up over me and teaching me. Even, even when he preaches on Sunday mornings, John does so in a way that is very engaging. It's very inviting for us to come and participate with him in what, what God is showing him, right? And I think he does an excellent job at that. And so he's gonna help us maybe with a little bit of practical exercise for that. And then 
in the future, this morning is just to kind of lay some of this out to get us thinking. Um, Rich Samuelson, he's not here this morning. Um, he had to travel to pick up his wife, but um, Rich is, if you didn't know this, Rich oversees our Bible studies in life, um, just our different groups. Rich and, and, and Mark and John and others are going to be meeting with our Bible study group leaders uh, here in the very near future to talk more about this and how we can implement this into our, our Bible studies, whether they're existing or, or future Bible studies. And uh, so we'll get into more details. This is, again, just to kind of lay it out, maybe make us think a little bit this morning. Okay, what's our heart intent behind this? What are we doing? What's our goal, right? And I think as a fellowship, if we can transition to the point where our goal isn't strictly fellowship with our Bible studies, if it isn't strictly an academic exercise, but it's to actively engage every member of our Bible study to open the Word of God and discover its truths together, right? So that I don't just have one or two people that are, that are doing all the talking, right? Everybody here, God has uniquely fit you to be part of a group. And, and we need you as much as you need us, and we all got to actively participate in that. If we can get to that mindset, I think we have the ability to bear fruit the way that God would intend us to be. And I hope that you saw that in, in Acts with the way that, that Philip addressed that. You get several other models of that. So without further ado, John, can you come on up, brother, and... And lead us. Uh, first, I want to just um, share what Bible studies we have here in life. Um, so, do we have a slide? First of all, this go back real quick. This is super cool. I don't know who. I would assume Corey made this. This logo, those stars. Is that where the Bible studies are? Do you know? I think that's where it is. So we can use this as a template. This one that's so far away from the others, that is Southland, right? Okay. And then we have the Seamers Bible study right above I, right out in Lenexa area. And then uh, the two that are in a row, uh, the top one would be the Baileys right here, just right here in, in Midtown. And then uh, right underneath that is ours in Waldo, and then the one on the far uh, side is in Raytown, the Rhodes Bible study. That's super cool, I love that. Uh, so I wanna introduce to you some of the Bible studies. Uh, I, I think we probably have three different groups of people in the room today. Uh, we have people who are in a Bible study, uh, we have people who aren't in a Bible study, and we have people who are maybe leading Bible studies. And, I want us to think about that, uh, just where you sit and that, and, and how you can um, engage with what we're talking about today. Because, um, man, God wants, just as Jason was saying, God wants to speak to us through his word, and um, uh, he doesn't want us just to participate and, and to play at church, but wants to uh, engage with us so that he can get glory from our lives. So if you're not in a Bible study, this is really for you, okay? So uh, the first slide here. So as I, I said, I, I think I'm right in this. I, I have to ask Corey, but it looks like the same setup here, right? We have uh, the Baileys are here in Midtown. Uh, we're here in Waldo. Uh, the Seamers are out here in Lenexa and Southland. Uh, we have um, uh, Samuelson. And then um, we have uh, Mark Rhodes Bible study out in Raytown. Uh, if you are interested in joining a Bible study and you're not in Bible study, uh, the 
Midtown uh, Bible Study, the, the Bailey's Bible Study meets on Monday nights at 7 o'clock. Uh, Guy, would you like to share just real quick, uh, just give a pitch for your Bible study? So they meet, uh, uh, the men meet one week and the women meet the next week, and this is Guy Bailey. Good morning. Um, so yeah, so the gentlemen meet uh, first and third Mondays, and the ladies are second and fourth. Um, we, and then on, when we have a fifth Monday or Sunday, uh, we'll get together for uh, just an informal time of fellowship, potluck, hang out. Um, right now we're, well, with, with COVID still going strong, we are on Zoom, but um, in uh, more normal times we're meeting um, at Midtown. Um, so it's a good central location. We have folks all around. Um, so anyways, yeah, come, uh, come join. We're going through Deuteronomy right now. So we'll be there for a while. And uh, it's, uh, it's very exciting. Settle so in. yeah. Awesome. Okay. So if you're interested, if you're in this part of town and that interests you, this is a, you know, they've been going strong for a long time. And um, awesome Bible study. The next Bible study that we have is my Bible study. You should come. It's at my house. We eat food. We have a good time. We're in John chapter 11 right now. It's been incredible. Uh, we meet every other uh, Wednesday, and we meet all together. It's kid-friendly, I, th I think we could say. The cat, we have a cat that steers clear of the kids, but um, there's not been any attack that we know of, right? Um, so if you're interested and you want to come to our house, you can. Um, we have a good time. The next Bible study is... Okay, so the roads. So uh, Mark is not here, uh, but they split off from our Bible study. It was um, bittersweet, right? We got big enough to where uh, it was time to, to separate, and Mark took him and his entire family that he's been ministering to, and uh, just awesome to see the fruit of what's happening uh, in his Bible study. But they meet, um, let me see here, does it say up there? Yes, so they meet on Thursdays every other week, and it's also combined. And of course, our information's there if you want to jot that down if you're interested. The next Bible study is in Lenexa, right? So the Seamers Bible study, they meet the fourth Friday each month at 6.30, and it's combined. And uh, Caleb is not here either. Uh, all of our people are out doing things and serving. And then finally, Southland is... Um, they meet on Thursdays twice per week, per month. Cool. Uh, anything you want to share on your on your Bible study? Pitch it. Martha, come on up. Impromptu. Just what you like about your Bible study. Do you like your Bible study? Oh, I love it. Okay. <laughs> I've been asking, when are we starting again? So, yeah. um, I thought Kenny put it perfectly, like the whole locker room analogy, because, I mean, we are a big church, and, like, I feel like I know people's faces, but to really get to know somebody's heart, you, a small group, there's just nothing like it, and we can be completely honest about the good and the bad and just know that you know our group's got us they're taking it to the lord they're going to lead us back to the word of god um and it just it, so i guess the thing i'll add is i was in churches where and this, i don't know how to say this so hopefully those of you that know me will know what 
I'm trying to say, even if the words aren't right, but where I felt like nobody really cared where I was at because, well, we know that she reads her Bible, she's been discipled, so I just kind of felt like nobody really cared if I had a struggle, mm -hmm. and I've really appreciated that Midtown, you know, like nobody's just taken for granted that on the surface everything's fine, so she doesn't need somebody to pray for her, you know, everything's great. It's like, well, yeah, you can be, the devil's still going to attack me, you know? It's, so I just really appreciate that in a small group especially that, hey, man, I'm struggling with this or whatever, that, that nobody takes for granted where I'm at spiritually. So, That's so good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the analogy that Kenny gave was uh, awesome because it is truly, um, it is in that small group uh, space where, you really connect with people and, and you, you do get behind the curtain where you get to, to sit with people in God's word. It isn't just that we're fellowshipping. It isn't just that we are uh, pursuing some academic, you know, uh, scholastic venture. It, it isn't uh, that this is an obligation that we have to be there, but this is time where we're in the trenches with our brothers and sisters where uh, we're getting to see what God's word says about our life, okay? So what I want to do with the rest of our time is um, I, I want us to have a Bible study, okay? Um, and I want to have a Bible study to, uh, to trust the Lord right now to, to speak to us about what we need uh, as it relates to this topic of, of studying Scripture. You know, um, as Jason was sharing um, God's desire for us when we open his word is for us to meet with him, right? For us to have a relationship with him and for God to speak to us directly in his word. And so it's essential that we feel confident that we can open God's word and read it for ourselves. And that is why we do the Bible study. We have Bible studies to, to help facilitate, to guide uh, as 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 Jason was sharing, to guide people who have a spiritual appetite to learn how to read God's word for themselves, okay? And so uh, I, want us to, I want us to do that this morning. Um, what I typically do, what we do at our Bible studies, we start our Bible study with some fellowship, just uh, connecting with each other, and then we pray, which is what I'm going to do right now, and then we jump into sharing what we are thankful for, and, and some challenges that we have. And the reason I say it that way specifically is because a lot of times we, you know, when we get together as Christians, we are in this kind of setting, we'll, we'll have a praise and a prayer request. But I think in terms of us trusting the Lord to, re uh, to reveal to us what he has for us in his word, when we say that what is it that I'm thankful for, it, it, um, it postures our heart in a biblical way, right? Because when we come to God in prayer, we want to be thankful, right? Even if we're coming to him with a hardship, it says in Philippians 4, be careful for nothing but in everything, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So what am I thankful for? What is it that God's doing in my life? And then with a challenge, it's not just a prayer request. Of course, when someone shares something, we're going to pray for them. But what we're really wanting to do is saying, what is challenging me in my life right now so that I can trust the Lord that as we open God's word that he's going to reveal to me in his word what he has for me right now in my life. 
And guys, it's absolutely incredible because later on in the Bible study, we'll say, okay, let's just take a moment and everybody remember what they brought in, what they were heavy, what was heavy on their heart. What, what were you challenged with? And, and let's just take what, you, you know, what we're hearing from the Lord and just think about what we're hearing from the Lord and how it applies to our challenge. And it's mind-blowing just how God's Word speaks to us uh, you know, about what's happening in our life right now. Okay, so I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to jump into the word and trust the Lord to reveal to us what he has for us this morning. Father, I'm so thankful for your word. God, without it, we would be aimless. We would be directionless. Uh, God, you speak to us through your word. You've given us your words to guide us, Lord. Thank you for that. I pray for this morning that our hearts would be soft, that we would receive from you what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, the main focus of our time together in God's Word is to read God's Word. I don't know about you, but I've been in lots of Bible studies in my life. And sometimes Bible study looks like anything other than Bible study, right? So um, our main focus is to read God's Word. So we begin by simply reading a passage out loud to study it together, right? So today I'm going to give you a sneak peek of what we do at our Bible study uh, we're going to jump into John chapter 5, so if you could be opening to John chapter 5 in your Bible, and I'll give you a little bit of context of the passage while you're turning there. So, um, at the beginning of John chapter 5, we see Jesus coming into Jerusalem to take part in a feast, and just for context of the, of the book of John, Around this time, uh, Jesus had just met with the woman at the well in John chapter 4. His ministry is starting to ramp up, and he's coming into, uh, into Jerusalem where a lot of the religious activity is happening in that area. And um, what, what unfolds when he gets there is he meets a man, and he heals him, okay, at the beginning of John chapter 5. But he heals him on the Sabbath, which is a super big no-no, right? And a lot of the, the religious leaders had a problem with it. So it, it starts this conflict and this controversy that Jesus has with the religious leaders. And due to um, limited time this morning, uh, we're going to hone in on the very end of chapter, uh, chapter 5. And um, to get you to that point, Jesus, he's being uh, persecuted, attacked. He's being challenged by the leaders, and he responds to their accusations. And Jesus begins with presenting himself as equal to God to them. Uh, he's presenting his authority to, to raise the dead as we make it through the passage. And then finally, he, um, he, he starts to provide witnesses to his deity. And he goes through them. He says, you know, you guys had John the Baptist, right? He was crying out in the wilderness. Uh, he was saying that I am God. And then he says that, well, and I have these miracles that he had performed up to this point, right? And then he said, even uh, the word uh, speaks about me and my father speaks of me and the witness of scriptures. And that's where I want us to focus in this morning. So in verse 39, we're going to jump in to, to the end of the chapter. And today we are focusing on our personal role and how we are to, to study scripture. So as individuals, like what does it look like for me to open God's word and for him to speak to me. So I want us to jump into this last part, 
verse 39. As I said before, we, you know, we simply read the passage aloud. And so I'm going to do that for us. And then after that, I'm going to have you read it to yourself. And what we're looking to do when we read the passage is uh, we want to just look for uh, any key phrases. We want to be able to kind of summarize it afterwards by ourselves, right? So that's something we'll do as a group. And the reason for that is we want to wrap our head around the narrative of what's happening. Cool? So I'm going to read it aloud for us. John chapter 5, verse 39. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And just for context, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees right now. He's responding to them. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And you will not come to me, and you might have life. I receive not honor from men, but I know you, that ye have not the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe which receive honor one of another, and seek not the honor that come, cometh from God only? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom ye trust. For he, for had ye believed Moses, ye would have believed me. For he wrote of me, but if ye believe not his writings, how shall ye believe my words? Okay, this is the passage we're going to look at. So just take a moment, about a minute or so, and read that to yourself. Again, we're looking for key phrases or uh, a way to remember it so that you can tell it in your own words. Cool? through it. All right, so in Bible study, and this is kind of a, a, a bigger group, but what, what we typically are wanting to do is, is to together to describe what we just read in our own words. And the reason we do that is we want to wrap our mind around what's happening in this passage and the narrative. A lot of times I explain it like, um, how would you share what's going on here from a 10-year-old's perspective? We're not, we're not here to... Um, preach a sermon or to find the cross references. We're here just to say, this is what this passage is saying. So who, what brave soul would like to, yeah, go ahead. To me, it's just simply saying you're 
Okay, did you guys hear? That was great. Okay, so Jesus is telling the Pharisees, hey, you guys have it all wrong. Uh, your heart is hard. Um, you're, you're not pursuing scriptures the way that you should. You're, you're pursuing it from a, a wrong heart posture. Is that? Yeah. Okay, so any details that you heard that, that weren't shared there? Anyone like to fill in some blanks? That was great. Yes, sir. Okay, did you guys hear that? So uh, he's kind of filling in some of the blanks. He's saying, hey, um, he's calling them out, like, who are you looking to give honor to, each other, or are you actually giving honor to God? Yeah, that's great. Any other things that stick out to you? Any key phrases or um, anything that when you read it, it really just stuck in your mind? Yes, ma'am. The word faith, when he's telling them, you think. Mm. Right, so the emphasis is on their perspective, you think, versus what you know to be true because of your faith. Yeah, that's good. Anyone else? Okay, do you guys see what we're doing here? Right, to collectively, and this is just to kind of behind the curtain, as a, as a guide, as Jason was sharing, the goal is for everyone to know that they can read the Bible in context. So I provided the context and I stepped away, right? And then we, we want everyone in the Bible study to know that they can read the Bible in context and hear from the Lord. <laughs> people, people are terrified of the Bible because they don't, they don't think they can read it. But as soon as you, start, you bring someone to Bible study and they start to see that, whoa, I can, I can read. I can see what, this is a conversation. Oh, they're, he's, he's calling them out. I know what that's like, right? So we're, we're wrapping our heads around this. Um, one thing I think is helpful just for, for, to, to solidify context is to title the passage, and I usually do that with, with the group. So if you were to name this passage from the passage, right? So finding a verse that maybe uh, would be a good description of the passage, um, what, would be, what would you like to call it? What would you call this passage? He wrote of me. That's good. What else? That's what I had. Search the scriptures. That's good. Anything else? There's no wrong answer if, if it's from the passage. Right? Anyone? Are you sure? And what did you say? Believe my words. Okay, see, this is great. So, as we hear all of these things, search the scriptures, believe my words, right? Like, we're starting to wrap our minds around what, what's really happening here. And it's not just what I think, it's what God is showing all of these individuals in my Bible study, right? So God is now using all of these people in my Bible study to reveal to me what his word says, right? 
at this time in the Bible study, we just start asking some very simple questions about the passage. So the first question I want us to propose to each other is what does this passage say about God or who Jesus is? And what we're looking for here is what this passage says. So we're not gonna be hyperlinking. What I mean by that is we're not gonna be referencing other scripture. And there's nothing wrong with referencing other scripture. We know we need to compare scripture with scripture, but there's something that happens when we start doing that in Bible study, is that we open up this broad, you know, abyss for everyone to start giving their opinions because a hyperlink isn't just comparing scripture with scripture, but it's also my pastor said this or my priest said this. And we're not interested in, even if their pastor is good, we're just interested in what God's saying in this passage. What it also does is it, it, it creates an, evil, uh, an, an equal playing field, right? An evil playing field. It, everyone's on the same page, so whether you've been churched your whole life or, you know, you just got invited to this Bible study, you can read. We all can read from this passage. So, what does this passage say about who God is or who Jesus is? Who said that? He's a loving God. Where do you see that in this passage? In verse 42. That's good. So we can go through and we can see what this passage says about Jesus. And for time's sake, I want to keep moving. What does this passage say about mankind? What does this passage say about mankind? We think we know things. We think we know things. What else? We can read the writings, but not believe the words. We put trust in other men. It's good. We want glory instead of God. Yeah. Anyone else? Our traditions can be stronger than the truth. You see how this works, guys? So, in light of what we're seeing here in this scripture. What is God calling us to do this week? That's the final question I wanna ask. In light of what we're seeing, just this simple 10 minute uh, Bible study, what is God showing us in his scripture about what he wants us to do this week? What do you guys have? No. Yes, sir, what? To know, to know me, to know him, Cynthia. Questioning, is there any part, search my heart, is there any part of me that's believing something that's not true? Believe to believe his word. To say that again, that was good. To receive and believe. Not just to read. That's so good. Okay, so we're, we're out of time, but I wanted to give you guys a glimpse of like, the, today we're talking about what is our Bible study supposed to look like? 
And God desires to commune with us in his scripture. And what was essentially happening in this passage is that Jesus was calling them out. He says at the end, you know, hey, like, I'm not the one that's going to be calling you out, but Moses is the guy that you put all of your faith in, right? Because he actually wrote of me, right? And so we need to be very mindful of how we come before the Lord when we open his book. We, God's called us to do it, but when we do it, we have to do it in spirit and truth, right? This is worship. Um, if you're not in a Bible study, man, please talk to us. We'd love to get you involved. Um, if you're in a Bible study, please don't just go for some academic uh, pursuit or obligation. And if you're leading a Bible study, guys, we have to be on our knees trusting the Lord to lead us to lead the people that he's put in our path, all right? I'm gonna pray for us. Father, thank you for this morning. Lord, I know that we, uh, we need to be studying your word, and uh, Lord, that's how we hear from you. So God, would you press it upon our hearts that, God, that we, uh, this week, uh, as, a, as a group, when we come before you, Lord, um, in our quiet times or in our Bible studies, Lord, that we wouldn't just go through the motions, God, but we would trust that you would speak to us about what's happening in our life right now. Thank you, Father. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.